0: Before we begin, a note of warning. The language used and the topics explored in this podcast are not suitable for listeners younger than 18. Your discretion is advised. From the Spade and Archer Studios, welcome to Behind the Yard Sign, the podcast that pulls back the curtain to reveal the real world of real estate with your
1: hosts, Justin M. Reardon and Amy Romberg.
2: Hello. Hello.
1: Amy, how are you?
2: <laughs> Justin, I am doing well. It's Friday. I know this won't necessarily be Friday when this comes out. Well, um. you know,
1: somebody's gonna listen on Sunday. It's someday of the week out there. We it's know that. It's sure. of the week
2: out there. Yay! Good way to start here. <laughs> Justin, I'm doing great. I've had a good week. I kind of waiting for spring here. How are you? How are things?
1: Great. The energy is completely different. We got Christine Losh in the back, and she brought Taylor Swift with her, which I don't uh, know if you know about me, but I'm kind of of a Swifty uh, like she's kind of like I am so in love with her. So when we go back, do you mind if I go back and get her out of the green room? Because I haven't actually met her yet.
2: No, I, 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 I absolutely so think you. I think you should. And I think there's pieces of your personality that just clicked into place, knowing that yeah. you're a Swifty now. Like it is just all like it all makes sense. I get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think she would probably hate me. I think that she would be like, Yeah, you're a super gross old man." But she'd be nice to me at least. So we'll find out. We'll see. I'll be like, I, I really want to. let I want to like karaoke with her. So weird experience this week uh, uh, talking to a client the seller with the house was not happy because they had signed one type of contract they'd signed a pay upfront contract which means that they're going to pay like each month that the furniture is rented yeah and after the first month when the house didn't sell right away which is what they expected to happen they're like oh we want to switch to guaranteed now uh, and we we're like you can certainly do that uh, but we're not giving your money back and they were not happy with that answer and I was like well you don't get to walk huh. into a casino and like spin the roulette wheel and when they take your money be like ah, i didn't mean it and that like, was the wrong
2: <laughs> one let me start again
1: you don't, you don't get to do that oh, wow. that's not how it works and so i get on the phone with the real estate agent the first thing that the agent says is if you don't do what we want you to do i am going to smear your name all over town
2: oh i have
1: a lot of i have a lot of influence in this town wow and i am going to destroy your reputation wow. and i wow let me just make this clear. You're opening this negotiation process with a threat. Let me just, let me just make this, let me just make sure that I'm, that I'm perceiving this. He goes, Oh, it's not a threat. And I was like, Oh, it's not a threat because it got to tell you, it sounds like a threat. And I got to tell you, like, if you want me to do something, the last way to get me to do it is to threaten me. I am a gay boy from the 80s. And we were threatened all the time. And I got to tell you, the first thing I did is dug my heels in. So my question to you is, because I mean, at that point, I was like, I'm not doing anything you want ever. How do you deal? I mean, you guys are negotiating all the time. How do you deal with people that use unsavory tactics in negotiations?
2: I think that's such a good question. I mean, I have to start by saying that I think the vast majority of people that I in this business that I've interacted with have been incredibly lovely and gracious and recognize the fact that it takes two agents, it takes two people on either side of these transactions that we do to make something successful. So the vast majority of people I've worked with have not I haven't had that experience with. But when you do, like, I I mean, it sounds like for you as well, it sort of catches you off guard a little bit. And I think that oftentimes I will call that out into the room like kind of name it just like oh gosh like you just did you know oh you're starting we're starting the negotiations with a threat here um i think calling it what it is and bringing it fully out into the room like oh so you know it it sounds like you know you're you're really hot about this situation name it identify it put it in its place yes yeah and then (laughs) and then hopefully i mean i guess my thinking around doing that is that hopefully it makes someone kind of maybe realize like maybe they're just having a shitty day maybe everything's crazy for them maybe they're not aware like what a jerk they're being basically i will tell you that you know I, i
1: did name and identify it
2: yeah and then
1: i said if you feel like that is going to be a good move for your business to trash my company's name after 13 years of, of working with this community and Ugh. having a fairly good reputation. If you feel like that is a good move for you, then I think you should do that. Yeah. But I have found that generally when somebody spends a lot of time saying bad things about other people, it only makes them look bad. And he kind of took a pause and yeah. like took a little beat and like backed off and then was kind of like, so are you going to do it or not? And I was like, yeah, yeah no, I'm not going to do anything for you sorry yeah and what was great about it is that because i did not give in that client never came back yeah they never came back again and i was like thank goodness and please don't recommend me to your friends because i think that your friends are probably just as big as assholes you are as you are
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I think by responding in the way that you did, I mean, I think what's most crucial is like, don't escalate, right? Don't make it worse. So it's our job to continue to like present a calm, cool front. So don't let yourself fly off the handle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to
1: write you a bad Google review. (laughs) How about that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Let's get real into this. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. Because there's never anything good that comes from that.
1: I'm going to toilet paper your house. Yeah. better do what I say. And it's just just such craziness. So amazing. Have you ever had somebody go into a negotiation process with you and just start off hot?
2: Yes, for sure. And those are the moments where you have to sort of collect yourself and recognize that like being reactive to somebody, you put your own feelings aside and you're like, is this going to help my client? Could this benefit my client in any way if this, you know, buyer's agent or selling agent get if we get into it? I mean, the answer to that is a hard no. I mean, you definitely do a certain amount of sort of stuffing your own feelings just to get through the transaction.
1: We had a situation once where, I don't have I ever told you a story before about the bench? That got stolen from somebody's house. No, this story before. No, so so we are staging this house. It's like a condo type space. So there's communal like hallways in the Uh building, you know, and like Uh each house has kind of like a little area in front of the front door. And this particular client had this like very '90s looking swirly wrought iron bench sitting in front of the house. And while we were staging the house, the neighbor had popped by and said, "Well, are you guys going to get rid of that bench?" And we said, you know, it's not, it's not our bench to take. And it's a little old lady. Yeah. And we're like, hmm, that was a weird question. And so we staged the house And then um, it stayed staged uh, The client called me up and said My bench is missing You guys stole my bench You took my bench with us And I was like Hey can you shoot me a picture of that And I took my picture of it It's something that we would like Never ever ever have in our inventory Like it just <laughs> it Our lines are like Everything's like 90 degree angles yes. Like very straight This was like very swirly Scrolly like it, We just would never exist in Nobody inventory. accidentally was, like, picked it up <laughs> No one picked it up No, yeah. no, Nobody in my company would be like Oh yeah that's ours And so I I, I called him back. I said, Hey, we took a look in our warehouse. It is not in our warehouse. We did not take your bench. We wish you the best luck. And he said, Well, why don't you just write me a check for $500? Because I paid $500 for it. You know, twenty-seven years ago, and I was like, "Unfortunately, we didn't take your bench." The neighbor did stop by and ask about the bench while we were there, and he was like, "She's eighty years old. You think she's going to come and steal my bench?" I was like, "Hey, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just letting you know that the neighbor was asking us about that specific bench during that day. That is an odd coincidence." And he goes, "Well, can I say one more thing to you before I go?" And I was like, "Yeah, uh, sure." And he goes, "Go fuck yourself!" Oh, and hangs up the phone on me.
2: Lovely. And proceeds to go
1: on Yelp uh, and writes a horrific review. About uh, us. It's still there. If you go to our what, Yelp Portland page, the review about this bench is still there. So it's like, you know, these people stole my bench, blah, 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 <laughs> wouldn't pay for it, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I find that the best revenge with Yelp reviews is to yeah. write a really good response to it. Yeah. And so I said this client called us, he said his bench was missing, he asked us to pay for the bench. Since we did not take the bench, I respectfully declined. He then told me to go fuck myself, of which I also respectfully declined.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: And people have literally called me and been like, "We're hiring you just for that Yelp response." Yes.
2: Because and and then you know the person who's like spinning out has the opportunity to make a complete ass of himself, and you're just like, "Oh, there you go." I'm not actually going to get real involved here. Like I'm gonna yeah. stay. I'm gonna stay out of this.
1: Yeah, you gotta love a good Yelp review. I had somebody write a Yelp review on us because we have a series of Japanese woodblock prints. They're stunning. Yeah, they're really really beautiful. We hung them up in the house, and he. Said, I don't know why you hung those Chinese prints, they're Japanese I don't know why you hung those Chinese prints here No orientals are going to buy this house
2: Oh god
1: And I was like Let's unpack that. <laughs> and I was like, first off, people are Asian, objects are Oriental. We throw Oriental or Asian artwork or furniture. We put one piece into just about every single room because we try to show an eclectic mix. And he was like, don't you backtalk me.
2: <laughs> oh. And I was
1: like, yeah. hey, how about if we just change those prints out for you? Hey, that, but like, just so you know, like super uncool, l- vaguely racist. Not even vaguely racist, like blatantly yeah. racist. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And so, so he wrote a review on our Yelp page and it was like the owner of this company is smug <laughs> smug and I was like hey you know what if I fought a little bit of racism today and I came across as smug I'm I, there for it I, Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, that is like, yeah, it could have been so much worse. I yeah. responded
1: back and I was like, hey, thank you so much for writing this review. Two years after this event happened, had you contacted us earlier, we might have been able to make it better for you at the time. But yeah. since you waited two years, we're going to figure that this is probably you making yourself feel better. So, yeah, wish you the best. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness.
2: Uh, uh, is it time? Is it time? Is it time? I'm going back. I'm going back. <laughs> go. I'm going back
1: to I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. All right. All
2: right.
1: Oh, okay, I'll be, yep. I'll be right back. Wish yeah. you luck. Okay? I, I
2: know it's going <laughs> to Maybe
1: a minute <laughs> I don't know about you but I'm feeling 22 <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Oh, my gosh. It's Christine Lodge. Uh, so nice to see you, my dear. Welcome to Behind the Yard Sign. Holy cow. I have wanted to meet Taylor Swift my entire life. Christine, meet Amy.
2: It's lovely to meet you. Hello. Hi. Nice to meet you. Thank you for bringing Taylor in. She's been on our, you know, list of people we wanted to invite to the green room. And we were just waiting for somebody. So thank you. Yes. She's my face.
1: It kind of changes the entire like energy of the Spade and Archer Studios. Like it just feels different in here because Taylor's in the house. Like it's insane. Uh, so Christine, tell us about you. How long you've been doing real estate?
0: I have been in real estate since fall of 2005.
1: So that's 17 years. 17 like that. coming
0: on 17 years. Yeah. Nice.
1: So you're are you are you starting to get an idea of like, how did you real estate at this point?
0: <laughs> a thing or two. A thing or two. No, it, the learning never ends.
1: What, yeah. What's like the most recent thing that you learned that you're like,
0: huh, I didn't know that. Um. so Seattle has all this new um, zoning rules and things like that. I learned that getting a loan, a conventional loan on a single family residence that has been converted to a condo. Is not as easy as you would think. There's all um, sorts of weird <laughs> loopholes and stipulations. And it's happening all over Seattle where people, investors will buy a single family home, a beater, yeah. they'll fix it up, they'll put a dadu on the back part of the lot and then condoize the two. Mm-hmm. So it's a big, condo scenario, but it's really a single family home with a dadu. What's
1: a what's a dadu? I know what a mother-in-law <laughs> is. I know what a an ADU is. What's a dadu?
0: Detached. Detached accessory dwelling unit. I yeah. thought it
1: was like a really handsome man with a beard. He's a, <laughs> yeah. he's a total dadu. Oh my God, I love him.
0: <laughs> well and it's funny how people say I someone recently was like a dadu and I'm like, what's a dadu? You and know, a dadu. And I'm like no, it's dadu. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I believe it's pronounced tomato-tomodo. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm two years in and I have learned that what seems to keep so many amazing, smart folks in this business is the fact that you just continually learn new things, that it just goes and goes and goes. So
1: speaking of learning, take us through like, where did you go to school? How did your career start? Nobody starts in real estate. So how'd you get here?
0: Um, Real estate was my second career. I went to school at Western Washington University in Bellingham, Washington, right on the Canadian border. I got my degree in a combination of psychology and sociology. That was kind of all about just getting a degree and not really knowing where I was going with life. Kind of thought I was going to go into medicine, played around a little bit there, got a little disenchanted with the bureaucracy. It wasn't all the like, let's take care of people that that I had imagined. So transitioned into information systems, technology and healthcare information systems, and then just did some soul searching, was busy, was, you know, living in a hotel four days a week, doing consulting. And I knew that wasn't going to work for me long-term with raising a family. And so after doing a lot of soul searching and uh, realizing that I love to spend my weekends, just going to open houses and looking at, other people's homes, that maybe I could make a career of it, so... There I landed.
1: You're with Union Clark, which is, I think it's the oldest real estate company in Washington State. Is that right?
0: That's correct.
1: Super cool, boutique just hands on service. Like it's, it's like when you go to a four star restaurant and they have a, a little stool to put your purse on. Like that's <laughs> Union Clark service wise. Yeah. How did you land there? How does that, how?
0: Well, it's a family business and okay. it's been in my husband's family for about 40 years now. Oh, just um, 40
1: years. Okay. Yeah, yeah right just on. 40.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, it's just a, a scratch in the in the hundred plus years that that Ewing and Clark has existed. You know, like you said, it's boutiquey. It's you know, I think of it as the Canless. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Canless being from Portland, but um, Canless is restaurant. a high and yeah. old school, fabulous restaurant. Mm-hmm. I've been to plenty of I've had plenty of great steaks. Right. But there's something that comes with the steak. And with the experience and the service, and really feeling taken care of. And given that it was. A family business, and that that was their shtick. It was a no brainer for me. I didn't really have to look anywhere else.
1: I always feel like when you go to a restaurant like a catalyst, or you're working with Ewan and Clark, it's it's the steak is good. It's that the entire meal you want for nothing, and you're never like, "Hey, waiter, stop talking to me. It's too much." Mm-hmm. They, it's just they strike that perfect balance of being super attentive and at not taking any time away from you and the people that you're with. Yeah, and that's the level of service that that I'd love to be able to provide. And I think you and Clark is got that nailed. Awesome. Yeah. What's your, um, what's your biggest challenge in real estate right now? Like what are you, what, what are you struggling with?
0: I could probably sum it up with just saying growing pains and, and growing pains, both, both from a perspective of, of the company of Ewing and Clark and uh, the perspective of my own personal work. There are pros and cons to being a part of a small company. We're a family and that's great. And I love it. But it's becoming more and more of an electronic world out there, and it's hard for the little guy to compete with the the big guys who have you know capital and investors and technology coming their way. So that's a struggle. And then personally, for my own work, striking that balance between you know success and growth. And maintaining work-life balance is a struggle. The pressure to do more, be more, produce more is very real and hard to resist to try and go there. But, you know, with it comes sacrifices. I've got a family, I've got three kids, and they're going to grow up in a flash.
1: And hey, Amy, how old is your kiddo?
0: Six. So- yeah.
1: And mine is 17. I gotta tell you, I remember when he was six, and it was like, I sneezed. And all of a sudden, he's 17. Yeah. It's craziness. Yeah. It happens so fast. I was just at a, at a seminar a couple of weeks ago on entrepreneurialism, uh, which is perhaps the world's most pretentious word ever entrepreneurialism. They were talking about this idea of like, choose your growth lane, like which lane are you going to grow in? Mm. And I, I walked away a little bit disgusted just in that it feels to me like there is this glamorization of growth in business and entrepreneurialism. And I look at a company like Ewing and Clark that's been around for, what is it, 150 years, you said?
0: Not quite, but almost.
1: And maybe at some point, maybe the idea was growth. But at this point, it seems to me like the idea of success there is is perfection, that it's not really about being the biggest company. And you know, it's not about being the Kellogg Williams or being the Compass And Keller Williams and Compass do their certain things well, like Compass has great technology. That's super awesome. But if you're looking for something different, because I don't necessarily want to be the biggest anymore. And I struggle because there's so much pressure to be big, to be bigger. And it's like, at what point do you say, like, I'm okay where i am i think we talked about this yesterday this idea that like with our bodies that you're supposed to be perfectly happy with your body and have a perfect self esteem but also constantly striving to improve your body <laughs> at all times like how do you yes well, just- how do you do that? And then how do you manage that? And so yeah. I guess the big question to you, Christine, is how do you define success? What is it? What do you think is going to be like, I did it?
0: Well, I think success is feeling like you've done something right. You know, like you've contributed to the world or contributed to something, you know, whether it's your family and, and it's. Defined differently for everyone, of course, but for me, I want to feel like I've made a difference. If I've made a difference in in one person's life or 10 people's lives, if I feel whole, meaning I want to be able to hug my kids sometimes and make them dinner and, and I want to be able to go on a hike on the weekends.
1: Which can be really hard to do in your real estate. Yeah. on weekends. It yes. can.
0: Yeah. We have a cabin in the mountains and people are like, oh, do you, are, do you go there all the time? And, and I'm like, like no. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Because I sell real estate. Yeah.
2: <laughs> My yeah. partner and son are away right now because it's, <laughs> it's, spring, break it's spring break. And because uh, they right. can do yeah. that. And I did, I mean, I granted, I took a couple of days at the beginning of the week and spent, he and I went somewhere and got a little like one on one time. But that balance is so incredibly difficult. I mean, like you said, Justin it all goes in a moment. It's so quick.
1: I'll tell you, Christine, I was in Seattle last week, we met in in person for the first time last week, we've been working together for, I don't know, four or five years, something like that. And we met in person for the first time. And we, you know, it was just at a job site visit, I was observing and I wanted to see what was going on. And I, got, I didn't even know you were going to be there. And I got this lovely chance to meet you and talk to you. And you talk to me about our business and the fact that anybody can throw furniture in a house. It's really hard to make the experience easy and understandable and delightful. And when you use the word easy, it lifted my heart. Like I live because we've been working so hard to try to make our process easy. And you did that. You did exactly what you what you said you wanted to do. Success is 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 making somebody feel good to have a good day. And like I went back and I told the entire team, I was like, guess what Christine Losh said? And I told her, I was like, she said that our process was easy and that like the way that we're treating people and expectations, she's adapting it into her business as well. And like it was just amazing. Amazing conversation. I imagine that, like, if you're doing it right as a real estate agent, just, like 90% of your conversations are like that. I loved it.
0: It feels good. About,
1: yes. Yeah. Tell us about your hardest day in real estate when you didn't have that 90% conversation.
0: <laughs> there, there have been more than one, but I would say the one time that I really kind of got fired, just canned, that was. That sucked. (laughs) I'd been working with these clients for years, sort of dabbling here, dabbling there, uh, but never really earning a commission or getting anything done. And finally, I was going to sell their house. It's payday. Um, It's finally going (laughs) to happen. We're going to do something here. I, I think at the end of the day, there was a communication gap. She, you know, there were two parties and he worked a lot and she didn't work at all and she was doing everything she could to get the house prepped and ready to go with my consultation and I think she got overwhelmed you know the end of the day came and she complained to her husband and her husband didn't like it and so he took it out on me I thought everything was fine I had no idea that they were unhappy no idea at all and the next thing you know I was on the phone with him and it was it got personal and it got ugly there was some name calling and Oof. I, I I was aghast. I mean, I, I was speechless. I didn't even know how to respond because I was just so it was it was a character um, attack a little Oof, bit, and yeah. and that hurt. It was really hard not to take that personally. Yeah, I so, don't know if it's
1: possible not to take that yeah. personally. When we get to that point of name calling, it's it's one thing when your company has its own name and its own brand and it's a it's a corporation and there's twenty or thirty or five thousand of you and somebody says like I hate Coca Cola. Okay, well, maybe you don't take that as personal, but as real estate agents, your brand is your name. It's you, your your logo is your face. And it's hard to separate those two things. And so I don't know about you, but if I, if one of my clients called me names, I probably would cry <laughs> at some point. But like, how long did it take before that started to be a little anesthetized where you didn't, where your heart didn't sink every time you thought about it?
0: Well, I live in a small community. I mean, Seattle's a big place, but it's a super small place at the same so time. Yeah,
1: and yeah.
0: so, you know, when you see that person, oh, you know, continually after that, it it sort of brings back that like, oh, you know, <laughs> do I turn the other way? oh. oh. You know, I would say it it took a a little while. They ended up hiring Redfin. Um, I mean, we were ready to go. The photographer went
1: from full, full service to to not so much full service. Yeah,
0: it was fine. It worked out for them. They got a shit ton of money for their house. And um, and so kudos to them. And, And I was happy for them. You know, I was happy. It was it was clearly a painful process. I was able to decide that it really wasn't about me. It was about the pain that, and the stress that they had going through the process. But what was about me is I needed to be more cued into that and see it and, and be able to manage it. And I think, you know, while we were together and they were saying, oh, the house is not going to sell, we're not doing things the right way. And I was saying, no, it's great. It's going to be awesome. We're going to, we're going to blow it out of the park. No problem.
2: You know, the fact that you were able to take that and, and still say, okay, still be self-reflective and still say, okay, what did I miss here? Like, how did, how did, because sometimes, I mean, it's, it's like, it just plain old hurts your feelings when things like this happen. And this sounds like a really, a, a particularly harsh one. I mean, I have certainly even though I've not been in this business very long, I I have already had the opportunity <laughs> to to be uh, let go, and you know just sitting there with like kind of lucky you. yeah I know <laughs> I know and and you just sort of sit with it for this moment where you're like oh my gosh you know what just happened and then I think for me the one particular instance I'm thinking of I asked for some feedback I felt like we weren't connecting I wasn't meeting her needs I wasn't quite sure why but I I definitely had a sense. I mean, it wasn't like for you where it kind of came out of left field a little bit, but it, I think it does offer us this opportunity to stop and, you know, hopefully get our big kid pants on, which like on a good day, I'm all right at, you know? So I I was like, okay, you know, this is a business of chemistry. I hope you find the perfect fit for you. Pushing out some good energy towards people. And then also taking a, a moment to like, you know, be gentle with ourselves. And then also like, where can I learn? So I, I love the fact that you walked away f- thinking, "Oh gosh, there's a little something I could have dug into more here." So.
0: Well, and it goes back to the whole idea of growth or no growth. Yeah. I I think growing can be great, but if while you're growing, you become distracted and not tuned in, and you really have to be tuned in. It's this is a, a an emotional service that we're providing, not just a not just a transaction yeah. and and if you are too busy to be really tuned in to the psychology of your client then you got to slow down mm-hmm. a little bit
1: and there's a there's a difference between growing and maturing growing is just adding more people more volume more stuff maturing is like getting better at what you're doing and I yeah. think that that a lot of times we we assume that because we're growing and getting larger that we're also maturing but I actually see uh, it going the opposite way yeah. often. And, you know, one of my favorite songs by Miss Swift, who's back in the (sighs) green room, is that song that's called I Forgot That You Existed. And I have a person in my life that I've attached to that song. And every once in a while I hear that song and I'm like, oh, it's not love. It isn't hate. It's just indifference. It makes me feel so much better to be like, I don't I no longer hate you. This is not an issue for me. I no longer love you. I'm just non-emotional about you at this point. And that takes time Mm -hmm. to get to that point. I love this podcast for this one question because everybody in real estate has been fired we've all yeah. been through it and you feel so alone yeah. when you go through it because it's so personal and you don't want to admit it to anybody because you're like oh people won't hire me if they found out that i got fired by yeah. somebody yeah it's even better like when you're in home staging, like me and then they go on yelp and write an awesome uh. review about how they fired <laughs> you that's pretty rad yeah so tell us about your best day in real estate that you were like, oh my gosh, Christine Losh was made to do this.
0: It's it's a lot of fun when you get a slam dunk and, you know, new client, one offer, you're done, new seller, lots of offers, boom, boom, boom. That's fun. But the joy comes, I think, after a lot of hard work. Last year, I had some clients that were, the the Seattle market as Portland has been crazy, just absolutely <laughs> tormentingly crazy for buyers. This couple, their entire block had been purchased by a developer. And so they had a timeline that they needed to be out. I mean, it it was a loose timeline, but
1: was this including their lot?
0: Yeah, their, their whole entire block was sold to a developer. It's all going to get bulldozed and townhomes are going up. They were approaching empty nesting, phase of life and wanted uh, their next home to be really lovely, but they were on a budget, 13 offers, 13 offers. And we combed King County all over the County. And every offer that we didn't get was like, Oh, oh," you know, I thought they were going to fire me (laughs) even (laughs) though, you know, we were in it together. I always say everything happens for a reason and the home finds you as much as you find the home And so the day we got an offer accepted on this beautiful home that is just so peaceful with a gorgeous view of Puget Sound. I mean, it was, I I cried. Oh, (laughs) I cried. They cried. I cried.
1: Was it 13 or 14 that got accepted?
0: I think it was the 14th offer that got accepted.
1: Just had to fail 13 times. Yeah, 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 no big deal.
0: No big deal. But I mean, it was so great. It was so rewarding. And they were so happy. And what's even better is is that reward continues to feed me. Because the number of times that my client has posted on Instagram, I am so in love with my house. Look at my view. (laughs) Look at the family I'm entertaining at my house. And I'm like, I did that. I did that
1: i love it i love it um christine what is the best way for folks to get a hold of you
0: phone i um, okay. am big on voice to voice so uh, you can reach me any way you want but phone is the best way
1: what's your what's your number sis
0: it's two zero six nine five three six
1: seven eight six so christine losch is a real estate agent in the seattle area with ewan and clark uh she is an absolute delight to work with i've been working with her for years at this point and uh all of my staff uh loves interactions with her because she's just so darn nice thank you so much for being a guest on the show today Christina. thanks really for having it. me is it okay if both amy and i go back to the green room and, and meet taylor with you
0: <laughs> mm, i guess i guess okay. yeah come on let's go sing <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, Christine Law. She is awesome. And then to be back there and be like, we're hanging out with Taylor Swift. Yeah, This is a dream come true. Where's my red lipstick? Yeah, I'm so happy.
2: Your rendition of we're never ever getting back together was really outstanding. (laughs) It's
1: true. We're never ever getting back together. I don't care how many times you threaten me or write a Yelp review about me. I'm never getting back together with you again. Ever.
2: (laughs) Oh, that was wonderful.
1: Taylor was talking about this idea of success that like, what is success for her? And for her, it's that she wants to enjoy the process she wants mm-hmm. to like doing it and she says that there have come a point where i don't like doing this then i'm no longer successful yeah and i was like that's awesome thank you yeah. for taking the time out of your tour to come hang out at the spade and archer studios how do you define
2: success Amy, like what's what does growth look like for you? I think I probably would have answered that question differently when when I just first had stepped into this business. I think success for me at that point in time looked like probably something I'm gonna sell a house. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. It was just like yes. oh, I sold a house, I'm successful, that's amazing. <laughs> um and I I feel like although two years is not a ton of perspective in this business, I do feel like my idea of what success is has shifted. Oh, it's more um, than nothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think it's shifted because I I think I've realized how incredibly important balance is in this business, and like try, and you know that's probably what so many folks are striving towards. Like you know, trying to be really busy and or as busy as you want to be, show up for clients, do a great job with clients, know what you're doing, spend time with folks, make them feel connected and taken care of, and you know all of the things that help reduce stress in transactions, whether you're buying or selling. And then the other side of that, these are like the two sides of the coin of success for me are is is also like feeling like I'm I'm showing up in the other aspect the other places in my life that are all super important success is also kind of tied into like how I'm also able to sometimes put real estate down and like read a book with my six-year-old and not pay attention Mm -hmm. to what else is going on in the world I think it's both those things most certainly For me,
1: for me, it's like success with employees is like I've had a number of employees who have come and work for me. And when one of my employees works for me and this is a person that I'm providing a a paycheck for on a weekly basis and they make enough money that they can put a down payment on a house and buy a house. I mean, that's like literally the American dream. Yeah. And I look at it and I'm like, what I have done here has enabled this person to do this in their life. Yeah. And that is a gigantic success. Employees do not spend an awful lot of time being like, thank you so much for this job. Like that's that's not part of like any business culture. But when you see them being able to be successful in their lives, that's really when you realize that, like, okay, this is going well. This is really good. With clients, success to me as of recent, because we've been pushing really hard towards making our process easier. So when a client writes to us and says, That was so easy, or when they say to us on the street, it's so easy. Easy to work with you guys. I like I call up Cole. Cole is the guy who runs the company. I do like visionary stuff, but Cole is like the day to day operations. I call Cole and I was, you'll never guess what they said. Yes. They said it was easy. Yeah. Like, I never realized that that would be my my big push. So yeah, that's where we yeah. am at with that.
2: Yeah. So like when Christine was like, that was easy. Your process is easy. Like that ends up being oh super my ears meaningful. perked up. Yeah.
1: I was like, say say more. Talk yeah. about that. What do you mean by that? Felt really really good with the kiddo. Success is very strictly defined in our house. So Mm. it's a three prong thing. It's are you self-sufficient? So can you uh, feed, clothe and shelter yourself? Um, Are you happy? Do you enjoy your life on a daily basis? And do you not hurt yourself or anybody else? Hmm. If you can achieve those three things, then you are successful. There's no, there's no dollar amount. There's no career choice. There's none of those things. It's just self-sufficient, happy. Don't hurt yourself or anybody else. That's success. Under those boundaries, you know, we've talked about this since he was little. We talk about it all the time. And like, even last week, I asked him, like, what's success in this household? Cause I had to remind him, like, this is where we're going here. And it's my favorite definition of success for parenting. And we talk about it a lot. If you take anything from this yeah. podcast, that you
2: know, yeah. <laughs> it's some parenting advice. No, that's great.
1: So, I mean, you guys are doing a pretty wonderful job with your child and he's so delightful he's so polite he's so kind what is your hope that like at the end of the day like when he leaves your clutches at some point what do you want
2: i think that's such a great question i mean i think you nailed it with that self sufficiency piece being able to graduate a kiddo out into the world that is able to take care of themselves in in lots of important ways i also think a kid that's able to be a critical thinker a kid that sort of learns how to process information and sort through it and figure out what resonates with him and and who he is. And, you know, it takes a long time. I mean, I recognize we've got adolescent years ahead of us. And I think, you know, many of us just follow during the adolescent years because that's what we're that's that's the whole development process. But I do hope that someday he's really able to to be a thoughtful person. And I mean, I think we just always hope that he finds happiness wherever he lands that I mean, life is not 100 percent full of happiness happy moments but that he knows some joy most certainly it's very interesting i think of you and glenn as
1: being like these incredibly empathetic people like you're very much in tune with the human beings that are around you then i look at your son and i'm like oh this person is also incredibly empathetic like there's so many personality traits and then i think about my son and i'm like oh he's being raised by two completely pretentious snobs And then I realized that my son is actually a completely pretentious snob as well, in all the most delightful ways.
2: And there's so much more to you and Joe than that. Just so I mean,
1: that's, that's the most outstanding part of us. I mean, nobody hires us because we're nice. They hire us because we got a great taste. I mean, yes. that's it. And you have to be a bit of a snob, you know, yeah. to be able to like profess and sell that stuff. So um I appreciate that, Amy. But it's it is really interesting that sometimes you meet kids and like their parents are the nicest parents in the world, but they're also total doormats, so that, that the kids yeah. are just like complete and total buttheads. And then you also meet kids that are like the parents are the worst like deadbeats in the world and the kids are delightful and it so, makes you wonder like how much are we really influencing our kids that is such a good question all of it is like guiding i think of us you know when you go bowling with little kids and they put those bumpers in the gutters yes i do have to kind of bounce the ball and can't keep it going down i feel like all of us in terms of like how we raise our children how we interact with our clients how we move with our vendors keeping our businesses flowing all of it is us just being bumpers like we're we're kind of providing the boundaries Mm -hmm. and letting people kind of bounce along their way if we if we make those boundaries too tall and too small it stifles them and they don't have any room to breathe if we make them too wide then you end up with the parenting situation that i watched on an airplane this week you want to hear about it what happened yeah so i'm in the second row aisle seat and in the first row there's a family of three a mom and dad and a little girl named amanda I know mm-hmm. her name is Amanda because her name was said a lot. Amanda is sitting on the ground and mom and dad are buckle up their seats and we are still at the gate and the flight attendant comes back and says, folks, you're going to have to have your daughter sit down in a chair and put her seatbelt on. It's time for us to push away from the gate. And dad looks down and says, Amanda, would you like to sit in your chair now and buckle your seatbelt? It's time for the plane to take off. And Amanda says, I'm busy. And he turns to the stewardess and says, she's busy. <laughs> Oh, And the stewardess says, "Um, in order for us to be able to pull away from the gate and maintain (laughs) our schedule for all the lovely people that are on this plane, Amanda is going to have to take her seat now and buckle her seatbelt. And the mom says, Amanda, there's a lot of people who are waiting for you and nobody can do anything until you sit in your chair and buckle your seatbelt. And Amanda says, I'll do it in a little while. And the stewardess says, if you folks wouldn't mind grabbing your bags, we're going to take you into the terminal and we're going to find you another flight. And they literally grabbed their bags, got off the airplane, (gasps) not not even like they didn't yell, they didn't scream, like they were not upset at all. They just got off the airplane. Because Amanda Amanda did not feel like putting on her safety belt. And I was like, well, she's going to be a pleasure as an adult. Yeah,
2: I hope I never (laughs) find her anywhere. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. What a disservice to this kid.
1: Oh, my goodness. Because this is not a poorly behaved child. This is poorly behaved parents. There's a difference. And the part (laughs) that amazed me was like, how chill they were about just like oh
2: sure we'll totally missing their flight yeah we'll change our day around no big deal it's as opposed to like drawing a boundary with a kiddo that was going to be uncomfortable yeah yeah and if Amanda's when Amanda's
1: ready she'll put on a seatbelt we'll get there at some point
2: wow (laughs) I
1: asked the flight attendant and she's coming by with the drinks and peanuts I was like they really just get off the plane and she just kind of looked at me like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm I was like okay okay don't say anything else gotcha I'm (laughs) all right oh my goodness! wow that is an amazing story yep (laughs) what is the best way for folks to reach you
2: people can email me from my website amyromberg.com that's an easy way to find me amyromberg.com i love it how do you spell romberg r-o-m-b-e-r-g
1: why do I always want to put an H in it? Cromberg. Oh. Cromberg. I, like I, I want to put an H in there somewhere, but there's no <laughs> H in Romberg. Uh, you can find us at spade-archer.com. I would love to thank all the folks who have reached out to us to tell us their stories behind the yard sign. It's been great. If you have a story that you would like to hear, please reach out to us. We'd love to chat with you, uh, see if we can't figure out some green room activities for you and get you on here. <laughs> Our music is written, composed, and performed by Joff Metz. You can find him at Five Star Guitar. You can find us at spade-archer.com. You can get your instant pricing there. You can book your site visit. You can even book your installation date on our website at this point. It's all kind of magical and easy. And we will see you next time,
0: Behind the Yard Sign. This production of Behind the Yard Sign was brought to you live from the Spade and Archer Studios. Spade and Archer Design Agency is the world's first guaranteed home stager.